Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Nicole's Survivor Podcast. I am David, and with me, as always, is... Nicole! Hi, guys! How are you doing today, Nicole? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. A very entertaining episode of Survivor. Not the, the most strategy. It definitely wasn't, like, blind sides or anything. But it was still an entertaining episode. And with two people getting voted out, sort it was sort of like two episodes crammed into one. So, yeah. But before we talk about that, let's get on to our Survivor announcement. Take it away, Nicole. All right. So ratings for this week was 10.8 million. So it sounds like it went up a little bit. I think it can go even higher, though. Yes. Good job. We brought it up like 0.3 million. So... I think that David and Nicole's Survivor podcast is uh, takes full credit for that point three million. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the announcements we have for today. So let's move on to standouts, things that stood out in this episode. Nicole, a standout. Well, obviously, Bob, he's always a standout, especially in this episode. One thing is he established this buddy system now. Everyone from the Omotepe tribe has to go everywhere in buddies because they can't be caught alone. You know, who knows what Zapatera might try to say or do with them. So I just found that to be really funny. Really, it was a stroke of genius to me. Because that's always what happens when someone gets swayed is because... The, the other tribe ends up getting them alone and tries to talk to them and convince them. By having this buddy system and having two people there all the time, you now have to get two people fully on board. Because if you only have one, the other one's going to go and spill the beans. I think it was a really smart move by Boston Rob. I mean, it's obvious that he's played this game before and knows all the tricks of the trade and how people work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing ever like this much kind of division where the tribes merged and, like, people wouldn't even, like, talk to each other, really. Like, they stood on this side of the camp and they're on this side of the camp. Like, it, it's just so extreme. <laughs> well, and that was the other genius thing of Boston Rob's strategy. The other thing that gets people to sway and to switch sides is that they become friends with the other people and then they start playing with their hearts. And they're like, I like this person. I want to keep them longer because I enjoy being with them. By creating such a big dis- division, us versus them, you don't interact with them. You don't eat with them. You don't sleep in the same shelter as them. It eliminates the bonding of friendships. And then people won't be swayed by that. Yep. Boston and Rob is playing this perfectly. Everything that has gone wrong in previous seasons, he's been able to learn from and counter it. I mean, because we've seen in other seasons sometimes where someone will not let this one person alone because they know they could flip and other people could talk. But we've never seen a whole tribe use the buddy system. We've never seen a whole tribe clearly separate themselves from the others just so they won't get emotionally attached. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really new. It's very interesting. And... Rob took it even further than Ralph found some fish, and they were dead fish. And Rob's like, you know, that that's not healthy. You can't eat the dead fish or whatever. And so while all the Zapatera people decided to eat this fish, 
Ometepe was there, like, you know, and Rob was like, don't eat the fish. And so they're all laying there not eating the fish. And I was like, wow, like, you know, he, he has them under his control. <laughs> yeah, anything that could possibly create a bond that some way to Zapatier to sneak in there, he doesn't want that at all. Because as soon as that happens, he knows he's toast. So this is just showing how well he is in control of his other players. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, another interesting thing about Rob is that he's really not dominating the challenges like we thought he might. You know, like it, it, it's just interesting because we, we thought, you know, Rob, Rob, but, you know, so far he hasn't been dominating. Yeah, in previous seasons, we've seen him, especially in Survivor All-Stars. You know, he dominates the the individual immunity challenges. And we know he's really good at puzzles, but he's also been really good physically. But the past three challenges, he hasn't really even been that close to winning. He's either gotten out first, or he's gotten somewhere out in the middle. So... Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I'm interested to see if he'll pick up his game and start winning now that he's getting more threats out. But at this point, Natalie and Andrea have more immunities than Boston Rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another standout is obviously Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Philip is what made this episode. This would have been a really boring episode without Philip. He is what brought this entertaining and made me glad that I got to see this. First, he shows up at the first challenge with a feather on his head and saying that he was meditating and it literally dropped out of thin air. <laughs> and it said that it's going to be good luck to one of the Ometemp- former Ometempe tribe members, except he did not say Ometempe. He completely butchered the name. <laughs> um, so I found it funny that he didn't even say his former tribe right. <laughs> but yeah, just crazy Philip. To him, at the next challenge, choosing not to compete and eat cheeseburgers. And, and tribal council, both tribal councils that we'll talk about later, he was completely dominating the talk at tribal council and was just cracking me up left and right. And then the the most interesting thing is that in this episode, Philip made sense. Like, there was a moment where I was like, oh my goodness, he seems smart. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if I've had before with Philip. <laughs> but basically he was saying he knows that he's irritating the other people. But from what he knows of Boston Rob, that's good because he knows Boston Rob will then take him to the end because Rob thinks he can beat him. And Philip knows in order to win at the end, he'll have to make a move somewhere. He'll have to make a big move. But now isn't the time to do it because that wouldn't be beneficial for him. And I'm like, this all makes perfect sense. Is this Philip we're actually watching here? I, I don't know. This seems like someone else. Like, who ha- who thought Philip had this much sense and clarity? I don't know. What were your thoughts, Nicole? <laughs> I found it to be very interesting, and I was, like, wondering the same thing. Who is this guy? And, you know, I'm wondering if he does end up making it to the final three. Is he going to be able to talk people into voting for him? Like, I just want to hear his speeches and everything he has to say. <laughs> it would be so entertaining and, like, 
if he says all these things that make a lot of sense and everything, I, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but it, it does show that he's got some strategy. He knows what he's doing. You know, the, the feather thing, I guess that's part of his strategy too. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, think, I think sometimes Philip can be perceptive and see things as they are. But still, like, I don't think he's creating this. I just think that he has moments of clarity, but he's still crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I was even I was even chatting with someone about Survivor today and said, I want to see Rob and Philip in the final three. Rob so he can win. He des- Deservedly so, he deserves to win. Philip so I can hear his responses to the jury questions. <laughs> That's the only reason why I want him in the final three, because I think that would be hilarious. I think so, too. Another standout, Nicole? We have Rob's robots, <laughs> as we call them. Um, basically, all the Omotepe people are just doing whatever Rob says, and <laughs> it's just so interesting. Like, Grant, when the Zapatero people were eating some fish, Grant went over to get some fish, but Rob called him right back, like, Grant, come back over here, and Grant came back over. <laughs> Like a kid who got his hand caught in the cookie jar. <laughs> yeah. And then with Natalie, it's very interesting. Well, what happened was Ralph approached Ashley, and he was trying to talk to her by herself and, like, try to sway her. He said, you know, if you make it to the final three, I'll vote for you, you know? And Natalie was there. She heard it and everything like that, and... They were like, no, and went away. But then Ashley decided not to tell Rob about this whole encounter, and Natalie was a tattletale and told Rob about the conversation that Ashley and Ralph had. So Rob is now, like, pretty sure he needs to get Ashley out at some point because, you know, she's not trustworthy and everything like that. Yeah, I think this definitely showed the power of the buddy system. This is why Boston Rob installed it. So even when one person is getting swayed at, the other person is there and can report to them. I think that's the beauty of Rob's system. And really, it just shows his genius. And they really are robots. I mean, they just do whatever Rob says. It's I'm waiting for someone to get strategic and actually have a strategical plan on their own to win the game and not just follow Boston Rob to the finals. And a couple of them have had thoughts, like, you know, Andrea and Philip and Grant, they've all had thoughts that, you know, maybe they should get Rob out at some point. But they're obviously not ready to do that anytime soon. Nope, that's for sure. And then let's briefly talk about the Zapateras. Uh, They kept trying and trying and trying, but there was really nothing they could do. Boston Rob had such control of his tribe, he implemented these different plans so that no matter what Zapatera did, there was no breaking them. And Ralph tried his hardest. He kept going up to people and saying, you have to play the game. You You can't just expect to get to the final three. But no one was hearing it. No one was buying it. Uh, so then it, I felt bad for Ralph because he's trying to play the game, but it, it's frustrating because he can't. Mm-hmm. 
Rob is just too good, and none of the other people are willing to actually play the game. Mm-hmm. And Rob is in a perfect position, so why would he want to play the game with them? Yeah. So, other than that, it was entertaining to see David and Mike dig around near the flag for a little bit, trying to see if an idol is there. And then all of a sudden, you see all the former Omatempe start running back and just digging and digging and digging. And there's like, I don't think there's an idol there. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So, other than that, it was pretty much just an assembly line of Zapateers to see who was going to be the first one to get slaughtered. Let's move on to challenge talk then. Uh, we had two challenges and two tribal councils. Like we said, it's two episodes crammed into one. So let's talk about the first challenge. Started off with all of them having to dig up a club and then smash a tile. And the first six to move on would go to the next part, which is fill their mouth with water, go under the water trowel, and spit it into a tube. And then the first three to fill it up to their line would move on. And then the last one was the pyramid puzzle from the very first challenge um, that they would have to do a miniature scale of it. And whoever got the puzzle completed first would win the challenge. It turned out to be four Zapatera and two Omatempe. So you had Rob and Grant versus Ralph, Julie, Mike, and David. And then when it came to the water spitting part, David, Mike, and Grant were able to make it. And then Grant ends up winning the puzzle challenge, and the quote-unquote puzzle genius David ended up getting third place on the puzzle. (laughs) So I found that a little humorous, this guy, that from now on I'm always doing puzzles because he's that great. Yeah, the jock beat him. (laughs) Actually, both jocks beat him. Yeah. (laughs) I found that to be amusing as well. I was like, oh, David's going to win because he's the puzzle master or whatever, but... Nope, <laughs> he didn't. Not at all. I enjoyed the challenge. Like the whole spitting the water into the tube was my favorite part. I just I, I don't know why I found it amusing. <laughs> and apparently, Rob doesn't have a big enough mouth because he could not get big enough gulps to spit it all in there. Nope. Well, let's move on to a new segment we call Tribal Chat and sort of talk about tribal councils. So we're going to talk about the first tribal council. Take it away, Nicole. All right. So we got there, and Jeff asked Philip for a little more information about this feather. You know, what? what's up with the feather? <laughs> and Philip said that his grandfather, I believe, was a Cherokee Indian. Or I think it was like his great-great-great-grandfather. Okay. <laughs> his great-great-great-whatever-it-might-be-grandfather was an Indian and all this stuff, like, it's just very interesting, and he told him things in a meditation that his grandfather, I don't know, I guess, appeared to him in a vision, and was like, you Omotepe people are going to win, or something, I I don't know, it's very, a positive vision for him to have, and it it was just amusing, I'm always amused by Philip. Yeah, so then uh, Jeff goes to start asking the Zapateras, you know, what do you do? Do you try to find someone who's on the bottom? They're like, yeah, we know who's on the bottom. We think it's Philip. And then Philip goes into this, I love being on the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, it may look like I go collect wood and water, but that's what I enjoy doing. That's what I did with my family. And this is my new family now and everything. And then one of my favorite lines was then Julie was saying, yeah, and Matt thought he was part of your family too. And I was like, ooh, burn. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really good. <laughs> I think so too. I, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, it is very interesting that I don't think that there's anyone who's ever really been perfectly fine with just being the bottom, you know? Like, I, I, it, in some ways it doesn't make sense, but then I, it's starting to make sense to me because Philip sometimes makes sense after all, so. Well, yeah, I think this goes back to what he was saying. He, it appears he's on the bottom, but he knows Boston Rob, and he'll probably take him to the end. So Philip thinks he's in a pretty good position, which I think he is. So another thing that happened at Tribal Council was Ralph, and he was saying something about this feather, and it, maybe he'll get a feather, and Philip was like, you can't get a feather, you're not worthy or whatever, you have to have courage, and you have to know how to hold your tongue, and Ralph was like, oh, and you know how to hold your tongue? <laughs> But uh, apparently Ralph is not worthy of getting a feather. Yeah, uh, apparently not. Obviously his great-great-great-grandfather was not a Cherokee Indian. Nope. <laughs> but uh, then Mike goes to explain his theory of what he thinks the uh, feather is, and he says it's just Philip's insecurity. And then we get another rant from Philip about him being a special agent for three different agencies and being in the army and getting the second highest medal and this and that and that and then somewhere he calls David the bottom of the cesspool and mm -hmm. <laughs> this tribal council was nothing but Philip pretty much. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. It was very entertaining. And at that point it was time for the vote. Everyone went up and voted. Zapatero voted for Philip, but it wasn't enough and Mike was sent to Redemption Island. So let's talk a little bit about what went wrong for Mike. Nicole, what do you think what went wrong for him? In this episode, I really don't think that like there's anything that he could have done to change his position or anything like that. I think what went wrong was earlier on in the game, just like, you know, that not having the numbers, his tribe deciding to throw a challenge to get rid of Russell. And, you know, it... All in all, I don't think that anything is specifically his fault. It's just kind of the way the game ended up playing that he got out, you know, which is really a shame because I like him a lot. But, um, you know, he, he's not out yet. He's at Redemption Island right now, and who knows what will happen. Yeah. Like, the only things that he could have done was, A, win immunity. That would have been one way. Or be somehow break the alliance, but Rob was just too good. There is no way that anyone was breaking at this point. He had complete control over them, and they were so his pawns that that there was really no no turning them away from him. So yeah, I would agree. This episode there wasn't a whole lot Mike could do, and I even said last episode I thought Mike played it really well with Matt. It was just uh. It's a whole numbers thing. And maybe it goes back to, like Jeff Prost has been saying, maybe it goes back to never throw a challenge. Don't 
Maybe they shouldn't have thrown the challenge to get Russell out. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it would have been a Zapatero winning the game. But right now I can't foresee any Zapateros winning. So then let's move on to challenge talk number two. So for this challenge, there was a sort of bamboo bar hanging over the pool. Yes, this is the same pool that Fabio peed in last season. (laughs) Um, So they have to hang on with their legs and their arms, and then after 20 minutes, they have to drop their arms and only go with their legs. But before we even start the challenge, Jeff Probst gives them the option to either compete or eat cheeseburgers. Um, I really actually thought a lot of people were going to do it, so I was surprised when only two did, Philip and Steve. And to me, it made perfect sense. Neither of them had any chance at winning the challenge. Um, This is obviously, the more you weigh, the more it was going to hurt you here. And both of them wouldn't have stood a chance. So I was actually okay with both of them sitting out and eating. Usually, you know, I would say never do that. You know, you never know what's going to happen. But when it's a challenge where it's pretty much impossible for you to win, why not get some food? Right, I agree. It it just made sense to sit out. Like it, it, you have no chance of winning. Like it, there's so many of these other people who are much more likely to win. Hey, have a cheeseburger <laughs> or five. But it ended up being uh, Boston Rob was the first one to fall out, uh, followed by Julie and Ralph, and it ended up being. David, the only Zapatero left, versus the three Omatepe girls. And eventually, David fell, and the three girls remained, and both Ashley and Natalie dropped so Andrea could win immunity. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to Tribal Chat number two. Back at Tribal Council again, and the first thing Jeff asks is once again about Philip's feather. <laughs> Philip, is that the same feather? Oh, yes. (laughs) And then he starts having an interesting topic about bringing back Stealth R Us. Do you want to talk about that, Nicole? (laughs) Yep, Stealth R Us is back. And now everyone knows what it is. You know, so Philip talked about his role and, you know, how Glance is the assassin and um, Rob is the mentalist. Philip is the specialist. Then you yeah. have the three girls who are the three degrees. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a new name. We didn't hear that one before. Nope. <laughs> so it, it's good to know that the girls are part of Stealth RS now. And <laughs> it, it just amuses me so much. It, it's great, the, the names that Philip comes up with and just everything. Go... Stealth us. <laughs> Although I don't really know how stealth it is anymore, considering he just told everyone about it. <laughs> I think it sort of gets rid of the stealth on us. One of my favorite things, though, is you, they somehow planned this before Tribal Council because Philip said stealth, and then Rob says R, and then Grant says us. So I'm like, oh my goodness, they had this planned? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wish I could have seen footage of that conversation and felt like, hey guys, we should talk about Stealth R Us. <laughs> I'll say Stealth, Rob, you should say R. <laughs> and, and Grant, say Us. <laughs> yeah. That's golden. 
But uh, another good jab by Ralph asking, uh, Ralph asks Philip if his great-great-grandfather told him to eat the burgers instead of competing in the challenge. <laughs> I thought that was good. Philip also mentioned the buddy system and sort of laid that out, which I guess everyone pretty much knew anyways because no one was alone. But Julie then said that Boston Rob had complete control and was almost like a cult. David had an interesting point too, talking about you know, how, yeah, you may want to hope that it's not you and you want to stay alive, but you also may have better odds at Redemption Island now just because, you know, if you're Zapatera, you're pretty much uh, dead man walking right now in the game. Mm-hmm. I, I think it it makes sense. That, I mean, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen on Redemption Island and who's going to get back in the game. Do I think it's really going to make a difference who comes back? Do I get... I don't really know, but... Yeah, I think it all depends on when they get back into the game. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so then they go up to vote, and David goes up and votes, and he writes Rob four times on his parchment, and <laughs> says, please count this as four votes. So I thought that was very funny and clever. I was like, huh, I wonder if they'll do that. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> But the votes were red, and it did only count as one vote, so the Zapateras voted for Rob, but all of the Omatempes voted for David, and he was the next person voted out. So let's talk about what went wrong for David. What do you think, Nicole? Again, I think it's kind of the same thing with Mike. Like, there wasn't really anything he could have done at this point. He was just sort of, you know, not on the right side. And it's interesting how, like, you know, they thought, we thought, you know, maybe he would flip and, you know, there's this whole thing. But in the end, he, you know, he stayed really true to his tribe and everything like that. And there wasn't really much he could do. Well, I don't even think he could flip because Rob had divided the tribe. Rob doesn't need an extra person right now. Right. So there was really no point. So he really didn't even have the option of flipping. Possibly if he would have been the very first day of the merge, if he would have came up and it's like, hey, I don't like my tribe. You know, can I vote with you guys? I'll say well, possibly since Matt was still in the equation. But as soon as Matt got out, there was no need for any of the Zapatera members. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there really wasn't that much he could do other than once again win the challenge. Or make someone else look like the bigger threat. Mm -hmm. It all goes back to throwing challenges. Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. (laughs) So let's move on to hot topics. Let's talk about two different topics, uh, discuss them, give our opinions on them, and uh, we'll see where it goes. So number one, what would you do? If you were one of the Zapatera members and you were down in the numbers and Rob was playing this game that perfectly what would you do what would you do to stay alive i would have burned their socks and dumped out their water <laughs> going with the russell hamp strategy yes <laughs> honestly though like i i really don't know what i would have done i would have been extremely frustrated and you know i would have tried to talk to people and they would have like ignored me and i I would have probably gone somewhere and cried. <laughs> Here's what I would have done. Number one, I would have laid low. I would have looked weak, both f- physically and strategically. I would have not done my hardest on the challenges. I would have 
perceived to be really weak. That way my other people would last before or get voted out before me. Because the longer you can stay and the lower you get, the more willing people are to make deals with you. When you're only one or two left, you have a much better chance of getting someone to switch than you, when you still have three or four. The other thing I would have done, possibly, is maybe just go and, and lay down in their shelter. <laughs> what would they have done? I, I would, I'm curious to see what their reaction was. They're out walking stuff. I would just go to their shelter and lay down, you know? Little things like that, just to sort of pick at them a little bit, see see what their reactions are. And I don't think if I would have laid low enough, I still don't think it would have affected me. If I if I'm not looking that strategic, trying to make big plays or anything, or if I'm not looking that physically strong, which I think is what Julie is doing right now, and Steve is doing right now, and Ralph to a certain degree. Yeah. And which is why they lasted longer than the other two. So that's probably what I would have done. At this point, there's not a whole lot just because of how great Rob is playing. So the other question is, will someone get smart? Will one of the Omatempe people actually get a brain, think strategically, and somehow turn this around on Rob? So first, do you think it's going to happen? And if so, who do you think is going to do it? Who do you think is going to get smart? Well, I don't think it's going to happen yet. Like... I think once they have out, like, all the Zapatera people, then that's when people are going to have to start turning on each other. And Rob's going to say, you know, this is the one person we need to get out. But maybe people realize, okay, we need to get Rob out, and they can all turn on him. But that's kind of ridiculous. I don't I don't know if that would happen either. <laughs> I, it's... Like, it's really hard to tell. I, I want to just see them all turn on him. I don't think they're all going to do it. But I think, like, Grant and Andrea and Philip all have the potential of, like, turning on him at some point. So, I don't know. Okay, yeah. Right now, I can't even see it happening. I, I would think as soon as they get the Zephyr out and they're six, I think Rob has enough control over Grant, over Natalie, and over Philip, that the other two won't matter. So my predictions are that he's going to get Andrea and Ashley out first, and then it's going to be the four of them. And the only thing I could think happen is that the four, if someone wins immunity other than Rob, and they want to get him out because they think they could win. So I, that's the only way I could see it happening is if Let's say Grant wins immunity in the final four and he talks to Philip and like, hey, we should get Rob out now so he can't win. Yeah. That's really the only way I can see it happening. I, I think Boston Rob is guaranteed final four just because I don't see them getting smart anytime soon. That's true. So let's move on to the five most entertaining players of the season. So this season is a little over halfway done. Let's talk about who we thought so far are the five most entertaining players of the season. We may come over this again at the finale and see if it's changed. But, Nicole, starting at five and going down to one, just tell us who is the the most entertaining people this season and either why or an example of why the, how they're entertaining. Number five for me would be Stephanie. 
she's not in the game anymore, but I just found her to be entertaining the way she right away just wanted to be with Russell and everything and have that alliance and the how strategically she played and how you know hard she played and how um passionate she was about the game like you know I, I found her to be very entertaining uh number four would be Matt just the fact that you know he was blindsided right at the beginning and just watching him win duel after duel at um, Redemption Island, getting back into the game and then getting out again, like very entertaining. He's definitely a memorable person on this show. Um, number three, I have Ralph. <laughs> just the things he says, like it, he's very witty sometimes. I, I, I love some of the stuff he says. And the way he spells people's names, um, it, it's just great. And then number two would be Rob. He is so entertaining. He's like, you know, dominating the game. He's throwing hidden immunity idol clues into volcanoes. And, like, it's just amazing. He's so entertaining. And number one, congratulations, Philip, you are the most entertaining to me. <laughs> Everything you say and do, every episode, you never fail me. Congratulations. All right. For me, number five was Matt. I just think he had a great storyline. And I was debating between five and four, but I ended up five just because his storyline isn't quite over. And I think it would have been better if Redemption Island wasn't back again. So now I think he's going to lose in the duel, and it's just going to be a, a sort of bad way to end. But very entertaining to see him dominate through the whole duels, the first Redemption Island, and come back only to get voted out once again, blindsided by the exact same people. He had probably one of the best storylines of someone I've seen in a while. Number four is Ralph. Just the way he doesn't know what cohesive is. He spells Philip Philite. Um, <laughs> everything about Ralph. And the reason why he became number four is, is all his, his snippiness and his one-liners from this past episode really put him over the edge for me. Number three was David. I found David really entertaining, actually, from him just randomly getting yelling and, and loud and annoying at people and mean to them for no reason whatsoever and freaking out and... I found that entertaining to his, I don't know, just the way he played the game, his strategical mind, I found it very entertaining. Him voting for Rob four times. I, I just think he he was a very entertaining person to have around, and I, I'm going to miss him. I'm just sort of hoping that Steve would get out just because Steve's sort of boring, um, and I wanted David to stay in the game. Number two, you have to give it Rob. And this is another one back and forth as between Rob and Philip. But then after this episode, I was like, how can you not give it to Philip? So number two is Rob. He's just, he's entertaining himself while he's out there because it's so easy. I mean, from Merlanio to throwing the clue to front siding, there's just so many things that Rob is entertaining. And he's playing a perfect game, which I find fascinating to watch. And then number one is Philip. I, I 
could probably every single episode tell you five things that I loved seeing about Philip, but Feathers, Stealth R Us, Broshudo Code, there's just so, so many things that <laughs> I love about the formal federal special agent Philip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So definitely number one, and I doubt that's going to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you have our five most entertaining players of the seasons. If you have someone else on your list or disagree with us, please leave us a comment. We'd love to hear what you think about your most entertaining people from this season. So let's move on to David's five funniest moments. This is where I look at the five funniest moments from this past episode. Number five is the Zapatier jabs at Tribal Council. From Julius, Matt thought he was part of your family, to uh, Ralph and I, maybe I'll get a feather too. Did your grandfather tell to eat burgers? They just had some good one-liners that they thought were very funny. Number four was uh, David voting for Rob four times and saying, please count this as four votes. I found that very entertaining. (laughs) And uh, that made me laugh quite a bit. Also, I I forgot to mention this during the tribal council, but one thing that I found sort of creepy was that when they all voted for Rob and then Rob's name came up, Rob would sort of wink at Jeff. <laughs> if you didn't if you didn't catch it, go back and watch it when he's reading the votes and it's like Rob and then he winks at Jeff. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Alright then. So I found that humorous as well. Number three, I enjoy being on the bottom. Um, Philip's whole rant about uh <laughs> he likes being on the bottom and this is his new family and he's used to getting wood and water it was just a very laugh out loud moment number two the feather i mean come on that's just so ridiculous and that's so a coach move like coach was the one who always had a feather in his ha- hair you know uh, but it appears out of thin air i'm just oh my goodness this is this is gold and then the number one, Stealth R Us. I think this is, like, the funniest thing. The fact that they prepared this ahead of time, that he's given names to the girls now. He's elaborated on all of them, not just the names, but what they do. <laughs> uh, it was just fantastic. I was laughing the entire scene. And that is the funniest moment from this past episode. So, let's move on to Nicole's dumbest move of the week. Take it away, Nicole. Well... Um, honestly, there weren't a whole lot of dumb moves. Um, one thing that kind of stood out, though, would be um, after Ralph and Ashley had that little talk or whatever you call it, Ashley didn't tell Rob about it. And I think that was a dumb move on her part because Natalie was there, like, you know, what's to prevent her from telling Rob? And this makes Ashley seem less trustworthy so now rob is thinking that he's gonna have to get her out at some point you know definitely before natalie or you know people that he trusts more so it it's very interesting but like it yeah that it wasn't smart for her to do that yeah unless she gets smart and makes moves that could very impact her position with Rob later down near the end game. So let's move on to David and Nicole's Survivor Play of the Day. This is a part of the show where Nicole and I each choose our most memorable and most impactful moment from the past episode. We go back and forth. One of us concedes, and we will have a winner. 
So, for me, the play of the day is Rob's buddy system. I just thought that was so genius. It, it prevents anyone from getting to someone and trying to sway them. It was just brilliant, a brilliant strategy decision and really epitomized how Rob is completely dominating and controlling this game. For me, like, I really couldn't think of a play of the day besides just, like, Rob's name. That's what popped into my head, you know? Like, everything that he does and the way he's in control of the game and everything. So I I think that right now, like, we're not going to have a disagreement. We're going to just go with Rob. Like, you know, there's really no other option in my mind. Yes. But if you had to pick a specific Rob moment, what would it be? Well, gosh, there's so many Rob moments. Uh, actually, I'll go with the the fish moment because um, that just revealed how in control he was. Like, the fact that no one was going to eat any of the fish. I just, that, like, he, even when Grant went over to try to get some, he called him back and he came back. And so it just revealed how much power he had. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think both are, are very revealing. One shows how much control he has. The other shows how how brilliant of a strategy he has so that no one will flip. Um, and ultimately, I think it's the not being able to get people to switch that will mean him lasting longer and the Zapateers getting voted out. Were you going to defend yours anymore, Nicole? No, not really. okay then so are you conceding yes okay then there you have it rob establishing the buddy system is the survivor play of the day all right let's move on to next time on survivor uh this preview for next week we only got one scene and it was Philip versus Steve and apparently they get at it pretty good and then Philip throws the race card in and uh <laughs> I don't know what's all going to happen but it looks like a very interesting <laughs> interesting argument. Yeah, I'm interested to see what else is going to happen in the episode but um yeah, it was interesting to see that Phil's going to play the race card. and oh, <laughs> yeah, there, There's always going to be someone who doesn't like Philip. And <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting. Well, apparently from Jeff Probst, this is going to lead to one of the most explosive tribal councils in the history of Survivor. So oh, I'm thinking they're going to get in some sort of screaming match at tribal council. Okay. So, we'll have to watch and find out. Yeah. So, let's make our predictions. We are having a three-way duel this next episode between David, Mike, and Matt. Who is your prediction to win? I, you know, I really don't know. I'm going to just go with Mike. And maybe that's because I want him to win. But, yeah, I'll go with Mike. I'm going to say Dark Horse David. I think that if it is something more of a mental challenge, he may be able to pull through as long as he doesn't start freaking out. But I, I think I think he, he he's definitely the long shot, but I'm gonna put I'm gonna place my bet on the long shot. Okay. So for the first time in our predictions, neither of us are choosing Matt to win a duel. Yep. 
So let's uh, go back to the game then. Who do you think is going to win the next immunity challenge? It's hard to know since you don't know what the challenge is going to be. But I'm going to just say Grant. All right. I'm going to go Ashley then. I think it's her turn. The other two girls have gotten one. So I'm going to go Ashley. Okay. Once again, a long shot. But I'm always wrong anyway, so might as well. <laughs> and then finally, who do you think's going to get voted out next? I think Steve is going to be next because they're kind of considering him anyways, and Philip obviously isn't going to be getting along with him. So, yeah. My last long shot, Julie. I'm going to say Julie. I think Rob's going to see that she's the most likable out of the three left. She's going she's flying under the radar trying to squeak by and I think I think she may be next. So I'm going three long shots. David, Ashley, Julie. Okay. I guess we'll have to find out. We will have to find out. Stay tuned next week. But that is all we have for this week's uh, episode of Survivor Redemption Island. Stay tuned for next week. We will be back. And as always, check out our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com, or check us out on iTunes, David and Nicole's Survivor Podcast. We love to hear from you. We love comments, stars, favorites, subscriptions, anything and everything. Go out and do it. Mm -hmm. This is Nicole signing out. Bye. Bye.